for me, it's not just selling products, right? Like how can we use our platform and our products to raise awareness of these different medical and mental health conditions? And if I could partner with places like the Heart Association or the Kidney Foundation to collaboratively, you know, bring awareness to those types of conditions, it's like a win-win. Dr. Renek Mehta is the CEO and founder of NerdBugs, a company that designs anatomically correct plush toys aimed at educating and engaging people about the human body. With a background as a family medicine doctor, she has leveraged her expertise to develop NerdBugs' educational content. Her mission with NerdBugs is clear, to demystify medical and mental health conditions challenge stigmas, and promote understanding and acceptance. Through innovative approaches to health education, NerdBugs has garnered national recognition, being honored as an NPR How I Built This Fellow, and receiving accolades from the National Chamber of Commerce. Get ready to hear her story and her biggest business secrets. Coming up, Dr. Ronuk shares why your mindset is everything when it comes to starting and building a business. You'll hear how she used Alibaba.com to launch her business, the marketing strategy she's implementing for NerdBugs. You'll hear how to leverage the power of your community and relationships. And finally, she reveals her biggest business secrets. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Dr. Ronak, I am so thrilled to finally sit down with you today to hear your whole entrepreneurista journey and story. But I have to know first, did you always know when you were growing up as a child that you wanted to start your own business one day? Absolutely not. My parents were small business owners. And ever since I was young, I had this very linear idea in this path of just pursuing medicine, you know, like I want, I grew up wanting to help people. And so science and medicine always just came kind of naturally to me. And that was just something that I had set out to do from a very early age. So the idea of like starting my own business was not anything that I ever thought could be possible for me. So yeah, definitely not. It was a complete surprise. Tell me about your career path. Did you end up going into, well, I actually know you ended up going into medicine as a doctor, but what was your career path like? And then I'd love to hear about the inspiration behind starting NerdBugs. So as I sort of mentioned, I had a very linear career path. I think a lot of people in medicine, at least like when I went through medical training, undergraduate medical training residency, um, and the people that kind of came before me, it is so everything is kind of drawn out for you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very like methodical. You go, you know, you do your undergrad classes, then you take your MCAT, you go to medical school, then you do your residency. And then, you know, you could do fellowship and then you just practice, you know, like you practice medicine in your your specialty, you might get additional training along the way. But that was a path that I fell in love with. And I knew that that was a path that I wanted to pursue. 
And I think at that time, I also just viewed myself as like a very one dimensional character, Mm. one dimensional person. Like I never saw that there could be other opportunities out there for me or that I could expand in ways that also included my career. And so the idea for Nerdbugs and how Nerdbugs actually started was a lot of a reflection and an extension of my medical career. Nerdbugs are these adorable anatomical plushies. I have them right here. These adorable anatomical toys that are used to explain about the human body and teach anatomy, but also used to provide comfort to people that need it the most, like whether you're undergoing illness or your post-surgery. And so the idea from for Nerdbugs really came during my training. I thought it would be really neat when I was in medical school to have a physical tangible object mm. that could help represent someone's health journey, whether they were going through something really challenging or like celebrating an amazing milestone, like being in cancer remission or on their last physical therapy session or whatnot. And then at the same token, you know, with my medical hat, I thought, how cool would it be to have and have something that was physical that could help teach mm-hmm. patients, whether they were kids or adults, how the heart works or how to best take care of it. And so that's kind of how this, this career in medicine sort of like launched to something more. How many years were you thinking about this idea that you had before you actually took that leap and said, I think I actually now need to be the one to create this and make it happen? I think it was the better part of a decade, if I'm being totally honest. So I had written a children's book in while I was still in medical school. I think I was a third or fourth year medical student. It was like this fun, rhyming, whimsical children's book about the body. And I would often like start these projects and then it would get going and then I wouldn't finish it. But the children's book, you know, like it was an ebook, by the way. I finished it, launched it didn't advertise it, don't know anything about marketing, um, at least at that time. And so I just like put it out into the world and nothing happened. You know, like I think a few family members had just supported me. Your mom's always going to support you. <laughs> but nothing, nothing really came out of it. And so I just, that idea got shelved for a really long time. And then flash forward close to 10 years, I had been telling my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, that I had always had this idea to take the characters from the book and to turn and turn them into like plush toys that could then use be used for this exact purpose. And I think his belief in the fact that I could do it, and he just like nudged me to do it. He he said, you know, if you've been holding on to this idea for this long, why not try? And I think that that little bit of confidence mm. from somebody else, it felt like he saw something in me in that moment that maybe I didn't see in myself that it just shifted my mindset and just, just, it was just what I needed in that time to like, kind of push me like, okay, maybe I should just like, just see what would happen. I'm so glad that you just shared that because it's so relatable. And I feel like so often, so many of us have these ideas for businesses and we'll tell someone like, oh, I have this idea to start something or I see this really great problem. And like, this would be the solution. It's like, all of those ideas are great. And ideas, so many of us can come up with these really great ideas. But at the end of the day, it's about taking an idea 
having that confidence to say, okay, I'm going to try to make this happen. And then I'm actually going to be the one to execute it. Because ideas can be a dime a dozen, but without the execution, there's no business. And then you shared how just having your husband's support, giving you that extra push really made you feel like, okay, maybe I should be the one to go do this. And so often, you know, many times when we have these ideas, we might be sitting at home and alone. And if we don't get that support from a family member or spouse or a community, it feels hard to do all of that on your own. And without that belief, it's very hard to run a business and build a business and you need that support system around you. So I love that you just shared that. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you. You know, and, and the thing that I worked on the most right after, you know, I think there was like that turning point, like that day, I sort of realized the only thing that changed was that I made the decision to do it. Yeah. And once I made the decision to do it, I think I started to chip away at like, not only trying to reverse engineer, like, how can I make this happen, but work on my mindset Mm -hmm. so, so much. I don't know if you've ever heard Sarah Blakely's story. I'm sure everyone has heard her story, but I kind of took a page out of her book and I told nobody about this except my husband, what I wanted to do. And I just kept this idea to myself until I had the actual prototypes and the website and everything like the designs, everything was done. And I had like made the initial order because I just wanted to have clarity to actually not be influenced by other people's opinions, but, and also not talk myself out of something. Mm -hmm. Right. I think once you have an idea and you tell the people that you love, they're so well-meaning at times, but they have their fears that then go on to you like, Oh, make sure you don't do this and do this and do that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I, I, I like kept it to myself until like I was, I had the website done and I Mm -hmm. made that order. And then I started telling like my family. And then of course they're just like, Oh, then you hear it. But at that point I had been working on like my mindset for all that Mm -hmm. time while this was in the background. What were some of those things you were doing to work on your mindset? So when I was launched, I think it like it, it went hand in hand. So I was working on like launching the products and the website and all of those things at the same time as working on my mindset. So the resources I used, they were almost all like free or super accessible. Mm-hmm. I used to watch so many YouTube videos and audiobooks and podcasts, you know, like this, like of people that had not only done it, but like excelled because mm-hmm. you can learn so much from people that have just like blown it out of the water. And so learning how they did it and how a lot of their stories were not that different from mine, you know, they might've created a totally different product, but their struggles and their self-doubt and their insecurities were the same things that Mm -hmm. I was feeling day in and day out. Yeah, it's really the exact reason why we started this podcast so we could share stories like yours so we can all be able to really learn from each other. And so often, I mean, we've, Courtney and I have spoken to, I mean, thousands of entrepreneurs at this point, but on this podcast, close to 300 now. And so many people share like how mindset and having that belief in yourself and being able to keep going and that resilience, like that is the common thread and theme for all entrepreneurs. I feel like now having been in business for 12 plus years, entrepreneurship really is like an Olympic sport. You have to train your mind, your body, you've got to keep going and you have to have the the right people around you to really be cheering you on and supporting you. 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it, you hit it like right on the head. Like it's not only about the resilience and that, that internal voice in your head. Like if you have that negative voice in your head, you have to kind of overpower it <laughs> with a different, with something different that, that does root for you mm-hmm. and that does cheer you on. But it's also the company you keep, right? The friends that are the closest to me now are not some of the same friends that I had when I was, you know, before I launched. And it's, it's not because they were bad people, but you want people on your side that believe in you and that will accept you as you grow, as you evolve. Absolutely. It's so important. So I want to hear a bit about the process of actually creating this product and then launching the business. So you have this idea to start Nerdbugs and now you have to figure out how do I actually develop this product? What did you do to bring this idea to life? At that time, I would say that Google was my best friend. I Googled myself into just about anything and everything. As I sort of mentioned, I just started to reverse engineer. Okay, what do I need to do? What is the next step that I need to do that could help launch this? And so I think I had some luck on my side in the sense that I had that children's book from like a bazillion years before. So I had the illustrations and I clearly knew like, this is what I want it to look like. So once I had that, all I started to do was Google like a custom toy manufacturer. And then I narrowed that list down based on my set of parameters. And one of the biggest things on my set of parameters is I wanted, regardless of if this worked out or not, I wanted someone that I could have a a good long-term relationship with and communicate super well with me. And so I was able to narrow it down to one supplier at that time that I really liked. And then we did some prototypes back and forth until we got it exactly the way we wanted it. And then while all of that was going on, I went in the background and I I tried to find a web designer. If I want to sell something, I need a website, I need to find a web designer. And all of those little things just came piece by piece by piece. I don't know if there's like some magic formula, but yeah, just like reverse engineering it and really breaking it down into like these tiny, tiny micro steps. Like, what do I need to do next to get this next thing off the ground? And I know you've had a really great experience you shared working with Alibaba over the course of your time building this business. Can you share more about that process? And for those that are thinking about launching a product-based business and using a platform like Alibaba, what have you learned and what should everyone know? One of the really neat things about Alibaba was that they have so many filters. And so when I was able to log on and I was looking for specific custom toy manufacturers on Alibaba, what I ended up seeing is that you can vet suppliers based on the amount of experience that they have, the amount of reviews, like, and their ratings. And so that definitely gave me a ton of assurance. The other thing that was really neat about Alibaba is that it doesn't just include the manufacturing side of things. They also can help with things like logistics and freight forwarding, and they can also help with quality control. And so all of those things all in one place, it just made things super easy, super seamless. 
It's definitely helpful to have different business tools and solutions that can really help move your business forward. Are there any other tools and or specifically business tools that have really helped you as you've been building the business over the past few years? Yeah, I think having um, a CRM or like an organizational platform is really, really helpful. I've tried a few. The one that my team uses right now is ClickUp. Love ClickUp. It really integrates really nicely with like Google Docs and can have conversations and track and assign things. Like I, I know there's a ton, but that's the one that just works so well for us. The other thing that we use, we use Slack. I did not use Slack for a long time. Even when it was me and just one team member, we would just put everything on WhatsApp. And it was just like a hot mess. Like if I can give one piece of advice when it comes to like, you know, staying organized, do not use WhatsApp. It's not a great organizational tool in the long run to keep your conversations like, you know, on track and follow the threads. Slack is like an amazing, amazing tool. Other things that we use, you know, for our file storage solutions, we use a combination of Google Drive and Dropbox. And then, you know, we end up using Google, uh, we use Google Sites for our SOPs as well as creating our SOPs on Loom. And Mm, so that makes communication like super seamless. Yes, actually, the basically the whole tech stack you just shared are a lot of the things that we're using ourselves internally at Entrepreneurista. So I still remember with Slack, I guess this is going back, what year was that? It was like 2018 when we started using Slack in um, our agency business, Socialfly. And I remember an entrepreneur friend of ours told us about using Slack. And we were like, what is this? And started using it. I'm like, oh my gosh game-changing. It's like all of these different tools that are out there. When you can talk to other people who've had experience using them and get these recommendations, it can really be a big game-changer in your business, especially product management, inventory, time management, click up everything you just shared. It's so, so important. Yeah. I actually have a funny story about Slack. I did not know what Slack was. And I was at the How I Built This Summit. I think it was in 2019. And the founder of Slack was there and I met him and I don't know what I was thinking, but I told him that I did not know what Slack was. (laughs) I mean, I was like a a solopreneur at the time. And so now I look back and just think like, oh, I cringe. Like Slack is the, like one of my lifelines right now. Up next, hear how Dr. Ronak is balancing her family and building a business. So all this time you start building the business, were you doing this on the side of being a doctor? It was. I launched Nerdbugs in 2018 and I was working on the business and working as a family medicine doctor up until my son was born in 2022. Now I am full-time on Nerdbugs. It's been a little over a year, maybe a year and a half that I've been full-time on Nerdbugs. And it was the hardest decision of my life to step back from clinical practice. But I think one of the things that I did was I slowly stepped back. You know, mm. first I was like 100% full time, then like 0. 0.9, 0. 0.8, up until I was like 0.5. And at that time, even though it was like part time, it's, it's never part time because it's you're working basically two full time jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And then once my son was born, I just realized I wanted my son to have a great relationship with me. I wanted to have that time with him. And they're only little for so long. And then they go to school and then they're in school forever. And when I took a long, hard look at like my priorities in that moment, I just felt like I couldn't balance two things. (laughs) So am I okay? But I, there was no way I could balance three. And so I stepped back from my clinical career in, in like six or eight months after he was born. One of the things that my husband, you know, helped me grasp at that time was just because you're stepping back right now doesn't mean that it has to be permanent, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like I sort of mentioned earlier, we're like multidimensional people and it's okay to experiment. It's okay to experiment. He's like, try it, try it for a year. See if you like working for yourself full time all of the time. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you'll hate it, but you won't know unless you try. Right. So like do these like little mini experience experiments, like dip your toe in the water. And truth be told, I really do miss clinical practice, like in using that side of my brain, especially after spending so much time in, in training. But I think at some point I will slowly integrate that back into my life mm-hmm. because it's still so important. You know, I think with Nerdbugs, I I get this fulfillment that we can impact so many people across mm-hmm. the world. And it's not just my local community, but having that one-on-one connection with the patient is just, it's it's really, really nice. And I really do miss that. And especially if you know yourself and that really like feeds you and feeds your soul and all the work you had put into it from, you know, going to med school. But I feel like everyone needs a a little birdie of your husband in their corner telling you all (laughs) of these great things, right? It's so true. I mean, nothing is permanent. And I think it's so important for all of us to, to remember that it's like when we're making these decisions it doesn't have to be forever. And it doesn't mean that just because you decide to focus on your business right now for the next few years, it doesn't mean that you can never go practice medicine again. It's just what's happening right now. And if there's things that you ultimately want to do, you can make a plan to do that. And that's okay. That's amazing. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I I, I think one of the best things that happened to me was meeting my, my husband. And yeah, he's just been a great cheerleader and, and giving me that that shift in perspective of like, you not only the belief that I, I could do it, but like, you could do it on your terms and, and you're allowed to change your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Absolutely. Like you're al- allowed to step back if it's not for you and go back to maybe practicing medicine full time. I think it's important to pay attention to what is serving you in that moment. Like, does it fill you up? And then when it no longer fills you up and no longer lights you up, then really taking a moment to think like, is it time for a change? Is it time for something else? Am I meant to move on to the next thing? Absolutely. So I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier when you talked about writing that first book and you put it out, but you didn't market it because you didn't know anything about marketing. And now here you are, you've launched another company and you definitely have to start learning how to market it because we need people to buy the products to to find out about it. So how did you go about learning more about marketing? Because I'm pretty sure in med school... There, you're not taking marketing classes, correct? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 definitely not. So other than, you know, some of the resources that I already mentioned before, I think the biggest thing that helped me was obsessing over 
the customer and the customer experience. I think if you really are passionate about the person that's like purchasing the product and the impact that it can have on their life and how much meaning that you can bring to their life. And you kind of use that as your North star as basing your other decisions off of, I think it can take you really far for me in specific. What I would do other than try to gather like customer feedback and data from the beginning on what they liked, maybe what they didn't like, how is everything from the quality of the products to the packaging and the overall shipping experience, like all of it. And then taking that information and then seeing like, okay, what can we improve on? Like, what can we iterate on? What means the most to these customers? Because I don't have the answers, but I know where I can find them. <laughs> and so all of our marketing decisions have kind of been from that basis like putting the the customer or the consumer first and how can we make their experience optimal. Most of the people that purchase from us are getting these as either educational tools or get well gifts. And especially the people that purchase these for get well gifts, like they're gifting this to someone that is going through something really, really tough. And so if we don't get it right, I take it super personally because, I mean, I know what that patient looks like on the other side. And if we can make their day just like a little bit better, then I think we have to go the extra mile to try to do that. Do you remember what you felt like the day your company first launched and you were live online and started to sell products? I do, but I didn't market it. (laughs) So I just like put it out there into the world and I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was like, it's okay. If it flops, it flops. Like from the beginning, I I knew that I was going to invest X amount of money. And if I never saw that money again, like I was okay with it. I had come to terms with that. And I remember the first day, like the very first day we had one purchase, just one. And that was enough validation for me. I was so excited, like beyond excited. Me and my husband went out for ice cream (laughs) and we celebrated. It was great. Yeah. I uh, like it's those like little things. Yes. It's so important. In our Entrepreneur Salute community platform, we have a room called Celebrate. So all of our members post in there, whether it's something small or something really big, everyone's sharing and celebrating in there because entrepreneurship is very hard and it is nuts and ups and downs on a daily basis. And if you aren't celebrating those wins, even if they might seem small, one purchase, like, no, it's your first purchase. Like, that's a big deal. Someone wants to spend their money to buy your product. You've created something that someone sees value in and that is your sign to just keep going. So tell me more about how you then went on to develop your marketing strategy. What had I know you're you're speaking with the customers, but like what channels have worked for you, what tactics have worked for you, any advice you can share based on your learnings from marketing the brand. So part of what we also try to do is health education. And what we really want to accomplish with teaching people about not only how to best take care of their bodies, but to teach them about different disease processes that maybe they haven't heard about. And the reason why that's important to us is I think it's super important to raise awareness of different medical and mental health conditions. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that, in my opinion, you help break down the barriers of stigma by addressing their fear, like 
people are just fearful of what they don't know. So if you try to educate them in a very fun and lighthearted way, you can start to break those barriers down. Can you tell me a story about how you've seen the impact of some of these plush toys having on people that are especially going through hard medical challenges? Oh my gosh, yes. So this is my favorite part, you know, like of the entire, of everything that we do is the stories that we get from people all over the world. There's three particular individual stories that kind of really stick out to me. Two of them are kidney transplant related. Mm -hmm. One was a young woman named Jordan and she had donated her kidney to her dad. Mm -hmm. And then she donated like our nerd bugs kidneys to the entire hospital staff that was like caring for her and her dad, which is like so incredibly heartwarming to be a part of their journey like that. Yeah. And then, oh gosh, her name I think was Samantha and she had breast cancer and she used our breast plushie during her cancer and chemotherapy treatments. And she sent in a bunch of photos, but it was just so compelling her story of like how the plushie just made her feel like even though she was having chemo radiation, I think she ended up also having a mastectomy. Like Mm. she was not less than, you know, which is so, so incredibly inspiring. And then the other really cool thing that happened last year is that in 2023, we were chosen by WeBank which is the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. They're the certifying body for women-owned businesses in the U.S. So we were chosen as part of their community impact project. And for that, the WeBank corporate members had donated in order to bring thousands of our plushies to kids and families across Tennessee. So it was just like unbelievable. We went to a couple of children's hospitals in the fall. I went with the WeBank team and we played bingo with the families. And then, you know, every kid that like won got to choose their NerdBugs plushie as their gift. And like the kids that were too sick to come out of their rooms, they could play bingo from the TV screens because mm-hmm. it was televised throughout the entire hospital. So it was just like remarkable. By the way, everybody won. <laughs> <laughs> They all got one. They all got one. But yeah, it was just so incredible. And the patients and their families came up to me after and we were all chatting. Mm -hmm. And it was just really neat to see like that idea that I had that I would, I hoped one day that they would be used as these like educational tools. They are the parents and the kids, you know, told me like, this is going to be great. So when they're peers ask them or their Mm -hmm. teachers ask them or their family members, you know, non-direct family members ask them, hey, what's going on with your kidneys or what happened to you in the hospital? They have a physical representation to show them like, okay, so this is what happened to my heart. And like, you know, this is, I I had to get these surgeries and whatnot, and this is what I'm doing now. And so how cool is that to get like that feedback, you know, in real time that, they're actually using it for the exact purpose that I I really intended it to be used. No, it is so amazing. And I haven't even shared this story on the podcast ever. But when I was six years old, I was in the hospital inpatient for almost a month. I had something called peritidis, which is an infection of the parotid gland. And it was obviously a very traumatic experience being I just turned six years old and not doctors didn't even really know what was going on. I ended up having to have this surgery. And when I it was August of 
actually, I have no idea what year it was. I'm like, I've lost track of years. I was six years old, whatever year that was when I was six, 1991, maybe. And I remember now I start school in September and I had this like cone on my ear and we had to do basically like a meeting with the, all the students and then my family coming in to like explain to everyone like why I had this because of all the questions. I just feel like had there been this tool back then to be able to teach, I just see like how important and how valuable it is to have these plush toys to be able to explain things, especially for kids. It's just so important. Yeah. I think that's the, one of the biggest things that it has led to is it's, it's a conversation starter and it, it really helps to bridge the gap between like medical knowledge and, and understanding and that comfort. Absolutely. Coming up, you'll hear all about her business strategy when it comes to partnerships and her biggest business secret. In terms of, you know, getting into retailers, selling direct to consumer, how have you navigated and figured out the channels to be able to sell your products? For a long time, that was my biggest goal. Like, I don't know if it was just like, you know, that idea of like getting a, that you've made it, you've done it, you're in Target. (laughs) But it was my biggest goal to get into like the Targets and the Nordstroms and the Whole Foods of the world. And what I realized, you know, I've I've gone through a few entrepreneur-like programs and what I realized it actually makes the most sense for me to partner with more healthcare and education Mm -hmm. spaces first and then broadly and then broadly expand into retail if it makes sense at that point. But I am on 1-800-Flowers.com and Macy's.com and Target.com. And what I will say is that all of those were built through relationships. Mm -hmm. I had pitched, you know, to these corporations in the past but the way that I actually, you know, was able to get into these spaces, these like online retail marketplaces was all through relationships mm-hmm. and, and, you know, friends or other women entrepreneurs that were kind enough to make that introduction to the right person. And then the person who was willing to hear me out and was willing to hear the story. And th- that's really how those relationships like or those partnerships form. Right now, as I sort of mentioned, we're like focusing more on the health and education spaces, but that's not any different from those retail partnerships. You know, it it is all based on relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think life and business, everything is about relationships. And I say all the time, your network really is your net worth and fostering these really great connections where people want to make those introductions to the people that they know, because it is definitely hard to just, you know, cold outreach to people and hope you're going to cut through the noise and someone's going to take your call or email and respond. But if someone can make a personalized introduction for you, that is gold. And that is the key for everything. Yeah. I mean, just like you've created this like amazing community, I think sometimes that power of community is so underestimated. You know, I, uh, before I was started my business, I had one friend, one friend that was like in business, (laughs) but everyone else that I knew basically was in medicine or law. And so I, I had no idea really where to start, but when I started to find these communities, you know, and join the communities of like, like like-minded people, like 
you will just find that you will just flourish and one connection and friendship can lead to another and another and it's just seamless. Absolutely. We say all the business magic happens right inside of communities because everyone is like-minded and wants to help each other and wants to create these win-win opportunities for, for everyone. All right. I have to ask you, what is your biggest business secret? I don't know if it's so much a secret, but one of the things that I truly believe is that if you genuinely care about people and if you are genuinely interested in building and nurturing those relationships, it will take you so far in life. It will just open up more doors than than you can imagine. But I think you have to really understand when you're going into these kind of endeavors to not think like, hey, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. You know, a true business relationship, like a friendship, like any other relationship requires a nurturing and and, um, really caring about, you know, how can you really help the other person? Like, what can you do to improve their life? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that you shared that. I I say these things all the time. And it was one of the first things that Courtney and I really learned on our entrepreneurial journey. It's really givers gain. And if we can just be there to support and help each other and genuinely care about other people, everything always ends up coming back and coming in a nice circle. But if we can generally want to reach out and help others, so many great things can can happen and do happen. So I'm so glad that you shared that. Oh, of course. I, I so appreciate you even asking that question. I think I think it's it's one that I think people forget, right? Like mm-hmm. there's all these like hacks. How do you do this and how do you do that? Honestly, if you focus on relationships, the rest will come so much easier. And it's not just relationships with other people, but like, remember the relationship that you have with yourself, Mm -hmm. your family, those that are closest to you, your team, like you give them the time and the energy and nurture that relationship. They're going to be want, they're going to want to be with you on that ride. Absolutely. So what is next for you on the ride this year in 2024 and beyond what's happening in the business? So for the last few years, you know, we had been focused more on the direct-to-consumer side of things. And this year, we're really focusing on two things. So one is partnerships, and the second is education. And so when it comes to partnerships, the biggest thing that we want to do is how can we build these relationships with hospitals across the country, transplant centers, children's hospitals, Mm. and other healthcare-related organizations, you know, partner with places like the Heart Association and the Kidney Foundation, and then the educational component. And so with that, we want to end up building out almost like an educational curriculum. Mm. We're re-releasing the children's book this year. (laughs) <laughs> that book Amazing. that went nowhere many yes. years ago. I rewrote it and then included more of the characters that we have now into the book. And then really building out the supplemental educational material that can go along with the plushies, which would be like, whether it's coloring books, flashcards, like all of the things and online curriculum um, that parents and educators can use. So those are the two biggest areas of focus going forward is like partnerships and education. That's amazing. So I have to ask you, are there specific organizations that you're looking for connections or introductions to? Because share it out here and someone might reach out and make that connection or maybe I know someone. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you for even saying and offering that. Yeah. I mean, 
if you know anyone in the hospital space, the healthcare space, or even any medical organizations, as I sort of mentioned, if you know anyone at the Breast Cancer Foundation or the Heart Association that would be interested in collaborating, because for me, it's not just selling products, right? Like, how can we use our platform and our products to raise awareness of these different medical and mental health conditions? And if I could partner with places like the Heart Association or the Kidney Foundation to collaboratively, you know, bring awareness to those types of conditions, it's like a win-win. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I definitely have some interest for you. So we will offline on that after the recording. My last question for you today, what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? So I think it's a few things. I think one of them is focus on nurturing your relationships, focus on impact, and focus on taking a chance on yourself. I think those are the three things. And where can everyone find you and follow you? And for those that are interested in buying your products, uh, what is the best place for them to head to do so? And we will be linking out to everything in the show notes below. So they can find me on LinkedIn, um, backslash Ronick Meta MD. On Instagram, I am at The Nerdbugs. And Facebook, it's Nerdbugs. And same with TikTok. Perfect. We're linking out to everything right now in the show notes. Dr. Ronuk, thank you so much for sharing your story and journey. And I am so excited to continue to see all of the incredible things that you're going to develop this year and beyond. It really is amazing all that you've accomplished. And I love how you shared the story of taking an idea that you came up with many years ago, holding on to it and finally getting started and making it happen and all of the resources that you that you used to, to do so. So thank you again for being here and sharing your story. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneurista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneurista's. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entrepreneurista League our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entrepreneurista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead. Mm-hmm.